Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. What's going on? This is obviously, you know, he needs no introduction, but I'll do it anyways. Dave Mustaine, Megadeth, they're coming Wednesday, April 26th, Angel of the Ring, Angel of the Winds Arena in Everett with Bolt for my Valentine and Oni. How you doing today, man? Are you down in L.A.? No, I live in Tennessee. That's right. I live That's in Nashville. Right. Um, well, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. You know, you were recently on stage with Marty Friedman. What was it like, you know, reuniting with Marty and, and doing that again? That was fun. That was fun. I think you would have liked it if you were there. Um, he seemed like he was having a good time. It's cool. You know, um, I, and uh, I I was able to kind of take a couple steps back and let Kiko and Marty play together. And uh, that was that was really fun, too, for me, because, you know, I've never been able to watch Megadeth play. So. Yeah. Being able to kind of take a couple steps back and and watch it was it was kind of kind of surreal almost. Uh, who's some? So you're like someone that people are like, holy dude, like uh, guitar god. Who's someone that you kind of are just like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. A uh, uh, metal guy or just guitar? Player? Anyone, just guitarist. Well, there's a lot of guys that I look at and, and I can say, you know, they're really, really great players. But you know, a lot of times it comes down to what's the package deal? Are they songwriters or are they players? You know, um, there there are so many muso players that I've seen that are just amazing talents, but, you know, they, they can't write songs. Um, and then there's songwriters that are, are some of the greatest songwriters you know, in the world, but, you know, they, uh, they, as soon as the second chorus is done, they've kind of shot their wad and that's it, you know? Um, <clears throat> but I think a lot of that has to do too with what, what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. 
Hold on. Well, um, you, there's always been, you know, the the specter of the the super group, um, you know, and and there's been, you know, talks of back in the day. There was the talks of, you know, Rob Halford and Bruce Dickinson doing a band. You know, have you ever thought about doing a super group? Have you ever been approached? Is there anything that's ever, you know, been thought about for for you to join forces with uh, anyone else, or not really? I think being in Megadeth and Metallica, there's no other super groups that can be put together with people out there i mean where do you go from there for sake right that's a good can't really, you can't there's not a lot of people out there i mean it's not like going to a smorgasbord and just picking dudes out there you know if you wanted to do something you know you'd, you'd want to pick all the right people you know and and far be it for me to be the one who's in charge picking all the components um you know, uh, I, I would love to be able to take a back seat again, like I did in Metallica and just, you know, play and just just hang out, you know. Yeah, that was a lot easier and a lot more fun for me. Did you so like, you know, at a really young age, you know, you started playing at a high level. Did you ever have to have a job before that? Where did you ever have just like just like a day job? Was there ever a time where Dave Mustaine wasn't just a full-time robber? Uh, yeah, I did, but I, I wasn't any good at it. Um, yeah. When I was, uh, I had my first job when I was nine, I got a paper wow. route. Okay. And, um, you know, my mom had uh, kind of decided she was going to be a Jehovah's Witness when I was a little kid. And we uh, were you know, pretty much diametrically opposed towards one another spiritually and just about every other way you can, um, you know, ha have a standoff with an, uh, another person, even if it is your, your mom, you know? Um, so um, it, it, I, I don't even know where I'm going with that whole thing, but you know, the, um, you you made your own money and you had your huh? own, you made your own well, money. You know the, the thing the thing about um, you know the uh, having a job and 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 it's like what, what does somebody uh, consider a job? You know, I, I I was selling pot for a long time too. A lot of people nowadays that's a legitimate business. business. You know, back in the day I would have been a. a entrepreneur you know <laughs> but right now it, you know i was just a felon that never got caught um and uh so jobs you know um, i remember having a paper route at night with yep. lars we oh, really for the uh, la times and you know we would get polluted and drive through the neighborhoods at night throwing newspapers wherever there were unsuspecting vehicles <laughs> And, um, you know, I, I don't think I really had any other jobs. Well, I had some telemarketing jobs. I've I had was, those jobs too, you know, yep. Huh? I've had those jobs too, yep. Yeah, they suck. Hey, it's uh, uh, Acros, and we're calling about those turbines up on your roof, right? Yeah. People would say nowadays if we called up and said that we're calling about the turbines up on your roof, they'd go f*** you and hang up. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there was... Yeah, that, that that's never a, a positive day when you're like, OK, I'm going to go bother people for five hours, you know, so. Yeah, especially try and pry their credit cards uh, out of them over the telephone. Yep. Always close. Try to close the deal. Uh, yeah. uh, so uh, on, a, on a more serious subject, uh, within the last couple of years, you 
battle cancer and you are victorious. You're a cancer survivor. Um, congratulations. And, and tell Thanks. me, yeah, um, that seems like, for, and, and, and I'm sure from your perspective, it did not seem fast, but from a fan, I remember, you know, on metal shop, we get broke the news and it seems like, you know, fairly quickly you were back up and running and, and you had beaten it. And, uh, you know, what was that whole time frame? Time frame? You mean how long did it take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Better way to say it. I, I don't remember. That was kind of uh, an emotionally challenging time for me. So I, I uh, was not really. Um, I just couldn't uh, subscribe to that whole process and give it any more importance than it it absolutely needed because I didn't want it to have any kind of root in my in my psyche you know what I mean I I wanted to get over this to me it was another temporary problem and there were permanent solutions I just needed to have the right attitude towards it and you know, I talk about it on stage sometimes, you know, I, I try, I try to, you know, tell the story and some nights it sounds good. Other nights um, I have fear of coming across like a victim and I don't want to sound like that because there's so many people that have uh, what I had worse, mm-hmm. you know, I know that Bruce told me that he had the same thing in his mouth and, and, um, you know, I, I think he sounds great still. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. Right. So, um, and, and for me, it kind of helped me, uh, put things back into perspective in a lot of areas uh, of, you know, my life and the things that matter to me and, and, you know, the opposite side of that coin, the things that just did not matter, Yeah. you know, certain people that you thought really were critical to be in your life. And then you find out that they're really just vampires. And, and then, you know, that next tour after that, that must've just felt like, yes, we're back at like, you're like, must've felt victorious. The uh, tour after I, I was pronounced uh, uh, cancer free. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, again, I try not to put too much uh, um, importance on on what the doctors say. Um, I want to make sure that the numbers are accurate and that, you know, my efforts are 100 percent. You know, when when we went out on tour, uh, when I supposedly had it. Um, you know, I, I, I just kind of felt uncomfortable in, in my mouth. I felt like I had an injury from having dental work done. Okay. And then I saw someone and he said, you don't have it. And another guy says, you've got the big C and, you know, it's going back and forth. And, and I was, you know, pretty fucking fed up with the whole thing by, by the time it was over, if you know what I mean, when I went in for my initial intake stuff, they had to draw blood out of my neck and um, we were at Vanderbilt and they had some interns there and they were trying to draw 
blood out of one of my lymph nodes, which doesn't have giant veins in it. And they were panicking the poor things, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, experienced at having people try and suck fluids out of my lymph nodes in my neck for Christ's sakes. But, you know, um, that, that was just, it was a day in the life at the time, you know, and, and, um, we'd get up, we'd go, we'd come back and then I'd head over to the band house and just be with the band guys and, you know, let them help recharge my, my batteries um, so, you know, aside from you making music and if you're having a, you know, if you're having a particularly crappy day or if you're just kind of, you know, bummed out or, you know, you need something to recharge you, what is an album you can reach for that is a tried and true, like something that'll get you back to a good spot? Oh, there's, there's a lot of good albums like that, you know, um, obviously there's different eras um i can listen to stuff like pat travers and uh, um heat in the streets always a great album to listen to and stuff like alan parsons project with tales of mystery and imagination or or you know if i really want to get uplifted something like aztec camera or crowded house stuff like that but then you know when i when i want to hear metal you know there's the the tried and true uh, bands that i've listened to over and over and over again saxon motorhead iron maiden um, merciful fate you know uh, bands like riot and and uh, i can't tell you how many times we went into the studio uh, absolutely convinced we were going to be cutting a, a cover of a riot song really Yes, never happened, but yeah, maybe yeah. one day. That's awesome, man. That, that would be cool. I'd love to hear that. Um, yeah, thanks. So during the during the pandemic and, and and maybe even before, I'm not quite sure. That's when I started to become familiar with uh, Gimme Metal. You had your own radio show on Gimme Metal. Um, they just announced recently that they're going to be shutting down um, Gimme Metal within this next month. What was it like having your own radio show? Was that a, was that a blast for you? was fun i'm glad i got out uh in time so that uh you know i wasn't part of the debacle that it became at the end um you know i i think that uh, a lot of people had uh the right you know they, 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 their intentions were good but you know the saying and uh my feeling about that whole platform is that you know if they have the right people running it with the right uh, vision, the right demographics, and and they're using the right uh, research. You know, they're, 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 how could they not fail? I mean, how could how could they not be successful? You know, uh, you get you get important musicians to do shows, but see, what one of the things were there, they weren't really paying anybody to do the shows. And you're not going to get a lot of musicians to go dedicate their time over and over week after week to do these radio shows if there's not something in it for them. You know, they have bills to pay, tours to be on, or, or jobs to have. You know. Well, it was. I mean, it was certainly cool to hear you during that pandemic time. It was fun. You know, we couldn't. You know, go out to shows, and and I actually, I think. Um, if I'm correct, the first show that I saw, because Seattle, we were a little bit more um, closed off than than some states in the United States. And we shows didn't come back as quick. But first show I actually went back to was um, with you guys and 
Lamb of God and Hatebreed and and Trivium. So that was pretty cool to see you guys as like the first thing felt like, all right, a return to form. That was probably a really cool time for you guys. Yeah. What are your memories of of working with Sanctuary uh, on the first Sanctuary record, Refuge Denied? Uh, That was uh, a treat. Um, You know, uh, Worrell was very talented. God rest his soul. Um, Lenny and Sean, the two cousins, were very interesting, very interesting guitar duo. And I thought that's what made the band sound so great. They reminded me of like Rossington Collins and and just, you know, a guitar duo that just worked well together. And, you know, the the band um, starting that whole scene and Terry Date being an unknown guy and and me using him as as my uh, engineer in there and him going on to greater things, I think was wonderful for him. Um, I, I, I'm so proud of what Terry's done. So, um, yeah, it was fun. The pink elephant car wash and, and uh, all those times. Uh, oh, so you actually came up to Seattle for that. That's awesome. That's where we cut that record up in Seattle. Yeah. That's cool. I always just assumed they went down to L.A. or something like that. That's cool. No, 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 no. I, I, I plugged in. I was I, I was uh, local. That's awesome. Do you ever I had, to, I had to be to make it authentic? Yeah. Do you ever get the urge to do that anymore? Like produce bands? Do you ever, you ever, you ever, if it's a good band, if it's a good band, I've, I've had a couple opportunities come up and the timing's just not right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been that there's been any bands. It's just been, you know, the timing's just not right. And, uh, you know, it, it would, uh, some of the projects that, that I do, I want to make sure that I'm involved from the beginning, you know, not, not just jumping in at the end and putting my last name on something, you know, that's kind of cheesy. There, there's all kinds of showbiz pigs like that in, in, uh, you know, both coasts that uh, do that on people's records. And, you know, they, I, I think that's kind of unfortunate. A lot of bands get taken advantage of with that. Do you enjoy living in Tennessee? Is that is that keep you a little bit more grounded being away from, you know, the L.A. and all that? I, I think so. You know, there's uh, it, it's it's not too uh, uh, abnormal to watch a, a whole um, troop of turkeys trotting across my backyard. Awesome. And um, it's a. Uh, ungodly sound they make but um you know there there's uh, all kinds of wildlife here i was watching a female fox cutting through my back pasture uh, about a maybe two weeks ago and uh, she was beautiful you know um, the males in the animal kingdom are supposed to be more beautiful than the females are and, and uh, i don't know she just was a beautiful looking uh, creature critter yeah. whatever I wouldn't see that in LA. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, probably not. Not unless you're up in the mountains. When when you're going into you know write or you know kind of brainstorm for Megadeth or brainstorm for your music, um, does it usually just start with you, or does it start with the whole band um, like jamming on something, or is it just kind of you sitting down in in like your chair and just coming up with something? It's it's both. Okay. Honestly, there, there's there's no. Uh, there's no set formula. I, I think that if I, I start sitting down with a formula, that's, you know, that's 
probably just about when I'm going to start believing my own hype and, and uh, ruin everything. Can't do that, man. Um, <laughs> are there are there uh, any songs throughout your um, you know discography that you just refuse to to play or that you've retired? You're just like eh, I'm over that. Uh, a, a song that I've retired. Yeah. Is there any songs or anything that you're just like, nah, I don't want to play that anymore. Or... <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. There's, there's a lot of songs like that, but you just keep playing them. Oh, fair enough. Know? Because there's fans that have seen you for the first time. And, and if you're dedicated to your music and your, and your project, you know, you're going to treat every show like it's um, somebody's first show because it usually is. So when I ask the audience at night is uh, how many people are seeing Megadeth for their first time, you'd be really surprised how many hands go up. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. And I think it's really great to see young fans that are uh, opening their, their minds up to um, speed and thrash metal, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 2023. I, I was listening to an uh just this podcast and they were talking about like the file sharing era and like all how like the record industry has changed in the past 23 years. Um, in your opinion, uh, with like democratization of music, with everyone having these platforms, are are record labels important still? And and what what importance do uh, record labels play um with in the music industry? Uh, what, what was the last part of that? What oh, is the, uh, are, are record labels still important? What importance do record play uh, record labels play in in the music industry still? Uh, well, some labels are important. It, it depends on on uh, what you know, what kind of relationship they have with the artist, and how well the artist knows the inner workings of a record label. You know, if you just go in there and you're stamping your foot and trying to get things to happen and you don't understand, you know, uh, how, how things work, you know, getting uh, money uh, freed up and, and having strategies, uh, all that kind of stuff put into play, you know, uh, there's, there's, I mean, far be it from me to say, you know, uh, that I know how to um, strategize a record release, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've been through enough of them, well, I can tell you what doesn't work. Um, and, and, you know, being with a label like Universal, where we're at right now, you know, it, it makes it hard to leave them. Our record contract is up and uh, we are free agents now. Not only is our record contract up, but so is our publishing contract wow. and, and our merchandise contract. So I'm truly a free agent and, yeah. and uh, we're, we're just, kind of hanging out and seeing who's going to take me to the dance. <clears throat> what are your, what are your thoughts on, you know, iconic artists selling their rights and their royalty or sorry, their, their catalog to, you know, tech platforms and, and investment firms. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think well, if they, if they, if they need the money, they should do it. If they're, if they're doing it and it's because they want to be trendsetters and do something cool, um, that that's a different reason too. Um, but if um, people are doing it just for the sake of doing it, um, let the buyer beware, you know, uh, caveat emptor. And, and uh, for me, I, I would, I would be very cautious putting my 
my uh, rights for anything uh, up for a crapshoot. You know, it, it's taken me 40 years to get my rights back on uh, some of these songs. Yeah. So, you know, Kev, I, I just, I, I don't think it's a good idea for me to look a gift horse in the mouth like that. You've worked hard, 40 years yeah, and, and yeah. a lot of money probably and a lot of time spent getting that rights to that. So that's, that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes uh, artists, like I said, if they need the money, they got to do it. Um, so I'm not going to, uh, certainly not going to look down my nose at anybody who, who has to do that. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully those that have to will find somebody that's a decent human being that will help facilitate, you know, their um, having to uh, temporarily be displaced from their uh, their rights and their royalties. Absolutely. You know, it would be cool if people, you know, if they were in a bind and they needed to get, you know, some money that they were able to react, you know, I, I guess re reacquire their stuff back like, uh, I think that's what the Beatles and Michael Jackson did. I remember, if I that story, remember right? Didn't uh, old Jacko buy the rights, and then uh, um, uh, uh, Paul got them back? Yep, that was because yeah. there were Beatles commercials popping up on commercials, and you're like, that would never happen. So I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, my last so question people, for you, man. Uh, again. Yeah. Uh, April 26th, y'all are going to be playing at Angel of the Winds Arena in Everett with Bullet for My Valentine. The newest Megadeth record, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead, is available now. You can pick it up at the show. Um, but my last question for you is a question we ask everyone. Pick a scar on your body. Show us if you can, but at least tell us the story of how you got the scar. Ooh. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Let's see. Uh... I got a scar up here. That's skin cancer. I got two scars down here. That's from skin cancer. I had a fusion here that was from them putting a plate in. Um, let me see. What other scars do I have? I have a scar on my back. I got, uh, I can't show you those ones because they're too close to the baby cannon and, and we don't want anybody seeing that. Um, but uh, yeah, um, scars. I, I can't I can't really show you anything that's big and juicy, but uh, I can tell you about uh, a scar I had on, on my forehead up here. Yeah. I had skin cancer and the guy when he uh, when he cut out the skin cancer, he uh, let me see if I can find a picture of it real quick. I'll show it to you. It's pretty pretty gnarly. Uh, when he cut the hole out of my forehead, it, it you could look into my forehead. It was, it was absolutely devastating. I, I could not believe that I was looking into my brain like that. Getting close, I can wow. see the blood. Blood, 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 blood. Look into your forehead, Dave. <laughs> brutal, dude. Yes. Uh, it's like an album cover. It would be, huh? Big old Frankenstein shot. Come on, you f just It'll be worth it, I promise. All right, all right. These are all pictures of my scars. <laughs> I'm just <Nice>. kidding. <laughs> just like hundreds of scars. Yes. Um, come on, you son of a gun. Where are you? I want you to see this. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, look at this. 
Oh, that is metal. Jeez. Right? You could pick my head up like a bowling ball. <laughs> All right. I bet someone in the world would love to do that. Just bowl with that was gnarly high. <laughs> That's amazing. Very, oh, scary dude. Stuff, that, was, that was worth the wait. That was worth the wait. Damn. Yeah, I won't show you the cancer they pulled out, though, because that's too gnarly. When Megadeth puts out a B-Sides record, we got the album cover right there. No way, man. That'll make people cry. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking the time, bro. And again, you're, you're welcome. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.